Hey, listeners. Animation aficionados will be recording a Slayers episode in late August or early September. Between now and then, we want you to send us a recording of yourself doing the Naga laugh. The most outrageous laugh or laughs will be played on the show. Send an MP3 of yourself to neil at animationaficionados.com. Texas heat is really hot today. I agree. Fans on, ACs on, still not getting cold in this room. Give me one second. Uh, you could try waiting until November. <laughs> <laughs> it cools down around then. <sighs> so what'd you do yesterday, Neil? Uh, I just had to uh, watch my sister's dogs. Okay. Yeah, nothing spectacular. We went to see Men in Black 3. No, wait a minute. We did that last oh. week. No, what did we do yesterday? We saw we saw something yesterday. A movie. Must, not have, been that, must have not been that memorable. <laughs> oh, it was. Um, yes, it was. It was. It was actually it was Snow White and the Huntsman. I'm sorry. We've seen a lot of movies lately, so it's all squooshed up in my brain. Yeah, Snow White and the Huntsman. Hmm. Awesome. Although the people on either side of us both had very small children. Not really appropriate for very small children. Sort of scary. <laughs> you know, I forgot to mention last time that the end of the Avengers uh, kind of yeah. kind of ruined the uh, the Iron Giant for me now. Because really? yeah, because what does Iron what does Iron Man do to, at the end of Avengers? He takes the atom bomb and he throws at the enemies. What what does the Iron Giant do? He rams into it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> He could have just turned it around. Oh, I thought <laughs> like, you were talking about the shawarma. No. Uh, oh, never mind. Neil left before the shawarma. Loser. Oh. <laughs> well, How are you going to leave before the shawarma? The kids had to go to the bathroom. Uh... <laughs> uh... He went with his sister's kids. and Yeah. This is a terrible excuse. <laughs> Well, that's how Neil got to see it. Neil was waiting until he had a he had a family Groupon going on there. Oh, okay, okay. Neil's not a very big movie theater uh, experience. I usually uh, see like one or two a year. Uh, now this is the time of year I'm going to lots of movies, lots of movies. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Okay, are we doing it? Are we going? Sure. Doing something? Okay. I, I just recently rewatched uh, episode one of uh, Gunsmith Cats. I haven't watched it in years and years. Years. All right. Well, let, let me get started on the show. Let Fine. me do the intro. Okay. Okay. Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, Tonight we're talking about Gunsmith Cats, and uh, of course you know my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. I'm a real Elliot Ness. 
And we have, and we have joining us Tiffany Grant. Yay! <laughs> and uh, like I said, I just recently rewatched episode one, and what strikes me is just how deep in American culture, you know, this, this anime really dives itself into with, uh, with you know, muscle cars and guns mm-hmm. and and Chicago and. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's my understanding that Sonoda-san uh, made a trip to Chicago and just loved it. And they took really, really great care that when you heard an engine revving, that it wasn't just some old random engine, that it was really the engine. So if it was a Shelby, then, you know, that was an engine for that car. Um, so they, they were very, very particular about the, the sound effects and that. And yeah, it's 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 just you know it's muscle cars, guns, and it you know it, this could you could take this a similar story and turn it into an 80s action movie, you know. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great show for people who really don't know much about anime or they haven't really seen it or don't have that much interest in watching it. You don't have to know about senpais and uh, Japanese high school culture and sports festivals and all of that stuff. You know, it's, it's set in Chicago. You're good to go. Yes. It's very American. And they, they not only got the the cars, right. They got the, uh, the atmosphere of Chicago, right. It sounds mm-hmm. like Chicago. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the sounds of the L and all that stuff. I mean, all of that is real. All of that's the real deal. And I'm, I'm very impressed with it for those details, but sadly there are only three episodes because really at that time you did OVAs to promote your manga. I mean, that, that was very, very common thing. That's true. Manga or light novel, depending on the product. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. It was done. uh, OVAs were commonly done to promote, promote something else or, you know, could even be um, a video game, but yeah, very common during the OVA boom. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, American as this product really is the uh, you know big muscle cars big guns it, it's like I said it th- this is this is like a better bounty hunter action detective movie than than Sylvester Stallone's Cobra mm-hmm. <laughs> oh picking up for Sly now <laughs> well Cobra is a favorite of mine because it's just, <laughs> it's it's just it's just so funny that uh, that the touch was originally for Cobra. The Transformers connection. <laughs> that's that's hilarious <laughs> but, to me. And, yeah, but this this was so authentic. The the only thing that they could have done more to make it more Chicago fied was to throw in a bozo reference of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's a Chicago and it's or they could think Well, of, I'm about thirty miles outside the city, but yeah. Yeah, or they could they could uh, have a song about standing tall on the wings of your dreams. Oh no, no. That, <laughs> Well, it's, I, you know, I've said for many years, and I, I guess maybe I've just been answering it for so long that I, I tend to stick with it, but I, I did really used to think that Becky Farrow is probably the character that I've played who's the most actually like myself, and I don't know if there's been another one since then that comes closer, but uh, I think I'll just stick with Becky. She's, she's pretty good. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and, and especially what I like is, you know, it's. I don't think I make it a secret, but I don't bring it out a lot. But I'm a gun guy. I'm a gun guy, and and to to watch this, you know, the whole part at the, you know, at the beginning where you have the gun shop and talking about oh the the, the, the parts are loose and stuff like that. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think um, in Japan there's uh, quite a fascination with a lot of people about guns because they don't really have them over there. So when uh, Japanese, which a lot of Japanese do visit places like Hawaii, there are so many um, gun ranges there and they really target Japanese tourists because that's pretty exciting for them to get to come to America and be able to actually fire a real gun because they would never ever get to do that in Japan. So that, that gives such a such a bad image of, of American tourism. Come to America, shoot guns. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if if you if I don't know if you guys have been to Hawaii, but particularly um, when you're in Honolulu, like in the Waikiki area, about every three feet there's some person who obviously speaks Japanese, handing out flyers in Japanese, and if you aren't Japanese, they're not handing you a flyer, and it's, you know, for shooting ranges. That's very and, fascinating. Next time I go to yeah, Hawaii, I will look for that. Yeah, but there is, um, there's quite a, quite a culture for that. I mean, it's a big tourist attraction, and obviously that's the, the quickest way for Japanese to come and experience America. You get to Hawaii, although having been to Hawaii many times, it's not really quite like visiting the rest of the mainland United States. But no. uh, Hawaii it's much is nice. just, Hawaii <laughs> is its own culture because I don't think in the continental U.S. we make desserts out of spam. No, oh. no, probably not. Yeah, if you really nowhere else in America can you find quite as many varieties of spam or like a whole spam section. But that's that's a talk for another day. Yes, it is. But yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I, I just love the, I just, I just love the how much they got right about gun culture and, and you know, mm -hmm. this, this nice little gun shop that they work in, you know, when they have the bounty hunting business in the back. I, I love the details like that because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking at them saying, oh, I know that model, oh, I know that model. It's, 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 it's really nice. Yeah, I think it was really a, a point of pride with Sonoda from what I've been told that, uh, that they really get all of those kind of details correct in this show. And uh, I think that for people like yourself who appreciate that is, you know, and for other Americans who are even just casually interested in guns that, uh, that it's accurate. I know in other shows, there have been problems with when they're firing a gun. I mean, a lot of Japanese don't really know what different guns sound like. And in many shows that um, I know that Matt Greenfield has worked on, when they're in the post-production phase, they have to replace a lot of gun sounds because they're not correct. It's not the right sound for the gun that they're using. So uh, <laughs> that that obviously was a detail that was really given a lot of ten attention in uh, in Gunsmith Cats. Yeah, it, all episodes. <laughs> it definitely shows. Uh, so yeah, so they got a lot of the Chicago details mm -hmm. correct, huh, Neil? Oh yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. um, should we start into the plot? Uh, yes. Sure. Okay, just rewatch this. It's about an Illinois senator who's running for Chicago mayor. Uh, presumably against Daly. Uh, they should have had him make a cameo. That would have been great. Um, but he's he's running an anti-gun uh, platform, and secretly behind behind the scenes, he's also uh, smuggling guns. So basically, these talk about talk about accuracy. These people understand understand uh, American uh, politics. Oh wait a minute! No, no, Chicago politics. Oh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Continue. Because because 
basically at the end it's asserted that uh aha these these new gun these new stricter gun regulations you're going to have is just going to make a bigger black market i'm like yes yes <laughs> exactly 100 percent right <laughs> yeah well uh you know that's it is interesting that they got the the bits in there about the notorious um, Chicago politics in there. But again, I just think that was a all of it was really a point of fascination for Sonotasan. Uh, uh, of course, my character isn't, uh, as she likes to point out, involved with any of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's just uh, an investigator for them. She's good at finding stuff out. She's good at working on computers and you know you've got to think about this was about 20 years ago when that show was created so having someone who had advanced computer skills was more of a specialized thing not like an everybody can do that now kind of a thing the two main characters are uh rally vincent and mm -hmm. uh mini may and yes. i was contradicted about this on this very show by either tim or rob but how i understand it is that in Japan, Rally's name is actually Larry. Yes. 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 In fact, uh, you know, Mr. Sonoda, apparently one of his favorite old um, American sitcoms was Bewitched. And do we all remember what Darren's boss was called? Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Rally Vincent is named after, for whatever reason, Darren's boss. Larry Tate. Yeah, her name's technically Larry. That's well, hilarious. at least he didn't go for Uncle Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Hey, Paul Lind is is a is a vocal quality that should be duplicated. I mean, you, you can find 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 me five voice actors that can do Paul Lind, and I say you got a cast for something. Why do the Hell's Angels wear black leather, Ben? Because chiffon wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have asked yes. Brett if he could do a, a, a Poland. Oh, well. I don't know about that. That would, that would be very <laughs> impressive to me, I think. But anyway, so Rally and Minnie Mae live together where they hang out at night eating pizza in Chinese, uh, wearing T-shirts uh, and underwear. Read into yep. that anything you want, Ben. Just friends. <laughs> yes, of course they are. Really good friends. Now I see why Neil likes Dirty Pair and Gunsmith Cats. Mm -hmm. He found They're me out. Yeah. <laughs> the, the secret is that uh, I I actually do like Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you found me out. I, I don't accept payment in Chinese food, but uh, yeah, I, I do actually like it. So. <laughs> But yeah, Chicago pizza, especially with that uh, deep dish, is is just all bread, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I I just get the feeling that she's a little tired of them never ever ever paying her. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna buy you a really good dinner this time. Yeah. See, this is how you know I'm not a true Chicagoan because I go for thin crust. Mm -hmm. I like I like eating more than two slices without without being immediately full. Ah. Yes. But anyway. Not a true Chicagoan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I, one of uh, my funny memories about that that line, like my noteworthy line in the show, no pizza and no Chinese, that line, uh, I was at a convention 
many years ago. They're 99 or 2000 in Seattle, and they had an anime screening room. And I happened to find out that they were watching Gunsmith Cats in there. So I kind of walked by and just stuck my head in to see what was going on, how many people were in there, were they enjoying it, etc. And right at the moment I stuck my head in the door was that line. So as soon as I stuck my head in the door and I realized what it was, I said from the back of the room, no pizza and no Chinese. And everybody was just really startled and turned around and I scurried away. (laughs) It was kind of fun, though. (laughs) And what timing, I must say, on my part. Completely coincidental. It's hilarious. It was good. I still enjoy that. Okay. And uh, the very the last uh, major character in here is uh, Natasha Radinov. Not oh, to be right. confused with uh, the Badanovs. Boris of, Badanov, yeah. <laughs> yes. Wilson Square. Totally different cartoon, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe that was uh, Marcy Ray, I believe, did that uh, character, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, oh, did. actually, I have another little piece of trivia for you about Gunsmith Cats, which would be unknown to you. I went to see a screening of Gunsmith Cats um, at a local anime club in Houston. And it was my first time I'd ever gone to an anime club. And they showed it there. Now, this was before it came out. So this was, um, like, right after the production had been done on it, but before the videotape came out. Because, children, this was before digital video discs. Uh, Anyway, so we watched the screening of the first episode. And you may know that... uh, the voice actor who played Minnie Mae was Kimberly Yates. Yes. So when the credits rolled, it said uh, Raleigh Vincent, Amanda Wynn, Minnie Mae, Kimberly Yates, Becky Farah, Tiffany Yates. <laughs> <laughs> so my name was in the credits wrong. <laughs> and uh, as soon as that happened, um, Matt Greenfield, who directed it, and he was there at the screening, uh, he said, oh, Oh well, we're we're going to fix that before <laughs> this gets duplicated. <laughs> so uh, I I don't think that ever went out in duplication to anyone anybody with my name as Tiffany Yates. I don't believe it did. I think I had the original VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when that that's another um, interesting thing for anybody um, who knows has seen the show or knows about the show. When it first came out, um, each of the three episodes was done separately. We recorded each one of them separately, and each VHS came out separately. And then at some point after each of the three episodes came out, they did release them all together on as a collection on one videotape. And then, of course, eventually uh, they all came out on DVD. Mm, all English, modern. With English and <laughs> Japanese. Yes. Now, yeah, Natasha Radinoff, she was the... Uh, the main villain of the mm-hmm. of the series, which right. uh, if you've only watched the first, Ben only watched the first episode, so uh, mm-hmm. she is not in that one. She has a pocket knife that shoots the blade, and mm-hmm. she's like the the opposite of Rally Vincent. They have a big showdown at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, oh yes, uh, 
Amanda Winley, we talked about her on the, when we had uh, Brett, uh, Brett Weaver. Brett, Brett Weaver, yes. Uh-huh. We him on. Well, she was just Amanda Wynn yes. when, when we did Gunsmith Cats. Yeah, she was just Amanda Wynn. She and Jason were not, were not married yet at that time. Yeah, she, whenever I hear her in an anime, she she just cracks me up. She, <laughs> <laughs> she has a very irreverent quality about her. <laughs> I watched this and the first couple episodes of Burn Up W, mm-hmm. which is even wilder than this. And yeah. We're, we're going to have to cover that someday, Ben. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> but anyway, back to Gunsmith Cats. Yes. Um, One thing I noted is uh, is uh, Rally really does prefer the uh, really does prefer the nine millimeter round, which uh, which everything about her is cool, but. You know, it's you know, as a gun guy, a nine millimeter doesn't really stop determined targets, in my opinion. So, well, I got nothing for you there. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm a. I know. I know. It's. <laughs> it, it's uh, just a little that's... aside, but it, but actually, a lot of a lot of the heavier guns she carries are really nice models. It's uh, mm-hmm. and she does carry a lot of them. That makes her cool. <laughs> yes, she carries a lot of them. I do remember that. And uh, are we also going to talk about the kind of uh, sequel, kind of uh, related series uh, as well, Neil? Oh, what, Writing Bean? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I have to tell you, I've not seen – I'm familiar with Writing Bean, obviously, since I just said the name of it. But I have never read any of uh, Writing Bean or or watched Writing Bean. So I am not familiar with it, but I know mm-hmm. that they're related. I, I just remembered about that, like, literally an hour before the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, and I watched it. Mm-hmm. That is utterly bizarre. It's uh, it's not a sequel. It's a, I think it, it actually came out before Gunsmith Cats. Cause I looked, believe it did, yeah. It looks, it looks older. It, looked, it did. It looks more like uh, the Saber Knights. The, uh, the Bubblegum bubble Crisis, crisis. Neil. Oh. Yes. Only one of your favorite... Uh, Yes, it's only sitting on my shelf ten feet away. Only your favorite uh, cyberpunk series. Yeah, that 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 other that other manga that Sinoda did that, that I can't remember for some stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that survives the edit. <laughs> it's time for intermission, boys and girls. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The Geekcast Radio Network has launched Mask Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcast. Podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on geekcastradio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. 
right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's On Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. You take all three episodes together, you have yourself essentially the plot of a great 80s action movie. Mm Mm-hmm. This, yeah. this is so American, it's great. This is this is exactly what Neil meant when he says he likes anime that's that's more globalized, where it's not uh, ninjas and senpai and and class representative and. Well, that that could be okay. When I when I talk about people who are not who are not very globalized or want want uh, anime to be very Japanese centric, I'm talking about the people who look at Chrono Trigger and expect you know Ozzy Flea and Slash to be like vinegar mayonnaise and soy sauce or whatever their names were in Japan where it, it, it's not, it's not funny in America. So that's why they changed the names mm-hmm. and people are like, no, no, we have to be 100% literal. Yes. She no, has to be don't. Larry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larry. This, this is, this is actually an anime where it actually helps not to be literal and to go as American and there, in fact, even to be more authentic to Chicago as you possibly can. Well, right. I mean, for example, well, something that I often comment on, I do a lot of script adaptations and I'm sure that in the original Japanese version of Gunsmith Cats that everybody was using honorifics. Well, that doesn't mean that we should be using honorifics when we do it in English because it's set in the United States. And it's set in Chicago. English, I don't think you'll find English it. English doesn't have honorifics. And what I keep trying to impress upon people is it's not like a a, a, a trick or a put-on or a gimmick or something. It's just part of their language. It is an element. It's, a, it's part of their speech. It is the way they talk. So it's just integral to their language, you know? So it... When you're do when you're deciding if you're going to use honorifics or anything like that on an you know English adaptation of an anime, for God's sakes, where is it set? You know, is it set in the United States? Is it set in outer space? Is it set in the future? Is it set in medieval England? Where is it set? And that will inform you a lot as to how you should approach those things. There's a huge difference between doing something like Azumanga Daio and doing this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a completely different thing. So, I mean, anime is a it's a medium. It's an, just means animation. Mm-hmm. Animation is a medium. It's not a genre. So, absolutely. everything is is approached differently. You can't say that uh you know, people who are working on an episode of of the uh, Venture Brothers or Family Guy are approaching that with the same thing in mind as someone who's uh, producing, you know, some kind of preschool cartoon. That's that's it's, true. Actually, actually, on the inverse of that, uh, we we talk about adapting, uh, uh, you know, Japanese to American sensibilities. Uh, uh, Neil and I have actually noticed with uh, with at least two cartoons that if it's an American production and they write it specifically in a Japanese setting and they send it to a Japanese uh, studio, the, the Japanese animators sort of don't turn up turn out the best results depending on how stereotypical yeah. the, the script is. 
We right. actually we actually noticed that they do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well <laughs> It's actually kind of funny too. Yeah. Because, because, like I said, the, the greatest thing I think is is you take you take a story, you take a plot, and and then you just decide in the end what's what's its final form going to be. Is it going to be animation? Is it going to be a story? Is it going to be a comic book? And and right. that should be the final that should be the final thing you consider when you talk about a good story. Mm-hmm. If it's for if it's for animation, it doesn't mean automatically. Well, if it's a Japanese animation theme, oh, it has to be a Japanese setting. It's that's what mm-hmm. I love about Gunsmith Cats. It, it's totally American. It, it's totally an mm-hmm. '80s action movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. It it really is like like a gateway drug for anime because it's it's mm-hmm. so approachable. Yes, I think so. I've I've recommended it many many times to people um, who are just developing an interest or want to, you know, what's a good starter title? That's a good one. So in other words, you don't start out by watching Excel Saga. Oh, God, no. Not a good starter (laughs) anime. That Um, would confuse you so badly. Yeah, I have a friend who, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he's been working in anime for a long time. And many, many years ago when we were working on Excel Saga, he he didn't really know that much about anime, and he hadn't watched a lot of it. But he said, yeah, now that I've been doing this for a while, we, we decided to... He and his wife decided they were going to try to start watching some of it, so they start watching Excel Saga. And he said, oh, I don't think we really get this, you know? I don't think the Japanese got it. And they made yeah, it. yeah, I know. It's like, that, that's not a good one to really... Uh, at least cowboy, into. at least cowboy bebop for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, something that's uh, yeah. a little more uh, approachable. <laughs> I would have staged an intervention and been like, yeah. "Quick, someone put in Slayers." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, not bad. I mean, you know, swords and sorcery, that kind of yeah, thing it's, is uh, well, it's funny, yeah. but that's that's true. If you want serious swords and sorcery, there's always uh, there's always Lodos. Right. I mean, it when you get into stuff that's just too cultural, and also not just cultural, but um, that's got a lot of inside jokes, that's parodying stuff that you've never seen before, then, yeah, so, that's tricky. So we brought up Writing Bean. I'm just going to go through this really quick because it's, it's really a bizarre thing. The mm-hmm. main character is Bean Bandit, and his sidekick is Rally Vincent, only she's uh, blonde. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing like the character that we know, except that she carries a gun. A blonde and, Rally Vincent doesn't sound right. Yeah, and in fact, her voice doesn't sound right. Not after watching Gunsmith Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Guns. Uh, Writing Bean is. It's much more of a an anti-hero story. Of he's a getaway car driver. Uh, he gets set up. Uh, by one of his clients, you know, there's a kidnapping, and the police think he kidnapped the kid, and so one it's thing like the and transport. another. It, yeah, it's something like that. And he's got this cool car. I don't know what model it is. It might have just been made up for the cartoon. And he has the setting on it where the wheels can turn completely sideways, and the car can just like go mm-hmm. sideways. And the the cop character who's chasing him is driving a Shelby Cobra. Mm. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. And the jacket that Bean is wearing is bulletproof, much like Natasha Radnoff's jacket. So it's mm-hmm. got a lot of these weird connections to Gunsmith Cats. And as I understand, he is a character in, in the Gunsmith Cats anime, or the manga, I'm sorry. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I haven't read the manga, so I don't know. Oh, wow. I, they, I just... These these animes, I, I do believe they stand out on their own, so they're uh-huh. not really straight adaptions from the manga itself. I just saw a picture of this blonde rally in... I don't know how to feel about this. And yeah, it looks like just a random character from uh, from Bubblegum Crisis. And in the uh-huh. the voice act actress, uh, Brennan McKenzie, mm-hmm. don't see any other credits. Right. Yeah, I was just looking at that also. <laughs> yeah, she's. I, I'm. I don't mean to like put her. Not, she's not bad in the role. It's just that mm-hmm. you know you're you used you get used to one voice and uh, right it sounds strange. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think honestly, it's you know the the one great thing about uh, the one great thing about uh, Gunsmith Cats is is how it still stands up today. I mean, you know, there's no computers, no no cell phones, and all that, but you don't need that in this kind of story. This, this mm-hmm. you know, the the you know how the old uh, 20s detective story noir is its own thing. I think mm-hmm. the, the 80s. Detective story is its own thing too. I think this mm-hmm. definitely fits that genre. In, in case that genre doesn't exist, I voted that it does. <laughs> well, I'll vote <laughs> that it does too. So, yeah, so uh, let's see, Neil. Um, do you have any questions for our guest about uh, any more production notes on Gunsmith Cats? Um, I could come up with one. I, if you want <laughs> well, to cover I would, it for- I would like to mention that I, I think that the role of Becky, Becky Farah is the only role that I share with Aya Hisakawa, who is, of course, a legendary seiyu, but I'm just going to plug that right now. That, uh, <laughs> that was a role that I shared with Aya Hisakawa, so I'm kind of impressed with myself over that for no particular reason, <laughs> because I, it's not like I had any say-so in me getting this part. But um, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, like I said, just because I think uh, it, it was very comfortable that seems weird to enjoy doing a part that isn't really stretching yourself, but but it was kind of fun anyway. It certainly sounds fun. Like I said, it it sounds like everyone in there is having a blast. You know, you know the uh, the and the the sound quality is fantastic. Of, of you know everything that's happening, all the explosions. You know, it's uh if I remember correctly, the uh, the original Foley, the original sound effects from the Japanese mm-hmm. are are was kept original soundtrack oh yeah absolutely and that's i mean that's normally done it's only if you know there's a problem and something hasn't to be replaced like i said on a lot of other shows the gun sounds will be completely wrong i mean someone will fire a a nine millimeter and it'll be like a cap gun going off or something you know it'll be the sounds will just be completely jacked up but uh (laughs) not on gunsmith cats on gunsmith cats it was good the thing that I think about from from those days, like in the mid-90s when we were recording these shows, is, like I said, that we were doing these one episode at a time. So the recording process or, you know, for doing all of these three episodes, three half-hour episodes, it was over – a fairly good period of time, like I would say maybe even a year or close to a year because, you know, we do the one episode and that would come out and we're working on other things, Blue Seed, other OVAs, whatever, you know, and then you come back and you do the second episode and then you're working on a bunch of other stuff and then later you do the third episode. So it's really spread out. So it, I, I don't know, it, 
makes you, as an actor, think about it for a longer period of time. You're attached to it. You're a part of it for a longer period of time. Now everything is super compressed. Now we never put anything out that's less than about 12 or 13 episodes at once. You know, if we were doing this now, three episodes, I would have gone in, worked on it for one day, and, and you know, and then I would be done. Right. And so instead of it being you know, three separate days spread out over a period of time. I'm assuming each session was no more than one day. I, I, I seriously can't remember, but it, it just, a lot of those earlier shows, I feel I have a stronger connection with them because of that, because the recording process was really spread out over a longer period of time than now when we go in. And I'm not saying that we are, I don't want to make it sound like we're doing it too quickly or we're rushing it. It's just, it's, the time frame is different. So, you know, it'd be three days, maybe all right in a row or something as opposed to it being spread out. I don't know. So it's probably nothing that anyone cares about except for me. No, it's actually very <laughs> fascinating how much the industry changed. It's uh, so quickly. So too. much. So, so quickly much. Too. Yeah. Really changed. Well, I don't know if it's that quickly. It's like, you know, over a period of 15 or 16 years, but um, yeah, changed a lot. It's changed quite a bit. But yeah, it's you know, like I said, Gunsmith Cats is definitely I can definitely see why it's on Neil's list, and I can definitely see why I should watch the other two episodes now. You yes, should watch you the should. other two episodes. Yeah, because yeah, like, there's a there's like a whole plot that you're missing out on just watching the first episode. Mm-hmm. Well, it got it got me interested, Neil. Yeah. Mhm. That's always a good thing. <laughs> it's yeah, I I I do sincerely recommend it to people. It's you know hour and a half to watch the whole thing, so. Uh, I I think it's worthwhile. And looking on my own list here of order of when we did things, this would have been like one, two, three, four, five. This would have been, so the first episode of Gunsmith Cats, that would have been the sixth show that ADV ever dubbed. Mm. Guy, Samurai Showdown, the original Burn Up, first episode of Devil Hunter Yoko. Mighty Space Miners, and then Gunsmith Cats. Devil Hunter Yoko. Yeah, and then that, again, that was like five episodes, and every episode we did separately. You record one, and then you go back later, and you're recording it. So record an episode of Devil Hunter Yoko, Mighty Space Miners, then you do an episode of Gunsmith Cats, then you do a couple of Blue Seeds, then you do Escape Undeca, then you're back doing a Devil Hunter Yoko, then it's another episode of Gunsmith Cats. So it was kind of like that. Okay. It was, you know, one episode is Burn Up W, same thing, four episodes, four different recording periods, and that was released on four different videotapes. Oh, that so. reminds me, Neil, we have to do a Devil Hunter Yoko episode eventually. Oh, we will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's... and. Uh, Maybe a side by side and talk about the new one versus the old one. Perhaps. All right. New one versus the old one. I don't even know about the new one. I only know about the old one. So. <laughs> well, I, I saw the new one and it, it it has some of those problems that that Neil doesn't like in newer anime. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of an old anime guy. It's like Kenichi Sonoda and Mikimoto and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not entirely true. I I do like a basically. Going to guy. All 80s, all 90s, and then after that, it's uh, yeah, Gona Guy's good. Okay. Gona Guy's awesome. It's, right. a, it's actually I I just I just peeked at your behind the voice actors uh, uh, page, uh, Tiffany. 
Uh, oh, uh-huh. And yeah, it's it's actually it's actually fascinating. Gunsmith Cats, uh, 1996. Is that the American release date? Uh, well, 1995 would have been for the the first episode. I'm pretty sure it came out in 95, late 95. Could have been early 96, but according to my personal notes, um, 1995 would have been the release date for the first episode. So I think right. it came out late 95. Right, and another thing I liked yeah. about it is just is just how American all the styles are. I mean, I mean it's it, it's it's very it, you know it's very 80s in the style, mm-hmm. even though it's take even though it's written in the 90s. But it's it, yeah. I, I like the, I like that sort of dichotomy with with anime of that period. Like there's all these yeah, other oh, animes. Look at this. I'm sorry, I just was looking at this. Um, November 1995 apparently. Huh. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. I just I just like that dichotomy of it's it's the '90s, but but there's something that has all these '80s styles in it, but doesn't say '80s. I like that in anime mm-hmm. more than I do in American television because in anime it's endearing, and American television television is like uh, update your stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, the stuff that looks great in anime, you you go and watch like the new Archies, and it's like, oh, the leg warmers don't look quite as appealing. <laughs> Hey, I used to wear leg warmers. Lay off. <laughs> I, I love leg warmers. On women. You know, it was Brett, a, we were, it was a different Brett, we were time. trying to catch me on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a different time, different place. <laughs> yes, it was. And and I know Neil is def- desperate to have that come back. Yes. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's – so – the DVDs are are available for Gunsmith Cats, Neil. Ah, uh, oh. wowie. Um, I um, I don't honestly know if they're if they're still available. Um, um could try Amazon or um, um, drawing. I my my mind is gone. I can, right only, stuff. I can only get books. Yeah, yeah. On Amazon. I I would imagine that right stuff will eventually get it if anyone gets it. Yeah. They they seem to be they seem to pick up like the best of the ADP stuff. Yeah. They have the right stuff. No no new kids references on this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I see some used DVDs. Yeah. I, I, as I recall, it was rather common, so you should be able to pick it up for. Yeah, price. maybe eBay or something. Yeah. I don't know. What popped up on Right Stuff when I typed it in was um, the manga. So I, sh- I should have typed in DVD because but, probably nobody wants the old videotapes anymore. But, but on, uh, on eBay, um, you have to be careful about bootlegs because oh, absolutely. this, this yeah. one in particular is one of the most bootleg I have ever seen. Amazing. Really? Even yeah. more than Sailor Moon. <laughs> it's Try looking pretty... up Sailor Moon on eBay. That's it's like bootleg, bootleg, bootleg. Yeah. It's pretty bad. They they just they duplicate it very well. They just take the uh, ADB logo off. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's it's pretty sinister. That, that's 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 evil. Yes. That is evil. After all the work to bring it over here, just just do that. That that's spitting in the face. That's mm. that's terrible. Well, I have a couple extra DVDs. So if anybody sees me at a convention, they can buy one from me. All right. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Well, that that sounds like a deal. If I ever see a convention, I will buy one from you. Righty. Okay, fellas. Well, uh, I don't know. Unless you think you got something else, I don't know what else I have for you on Gunsmith Cats. Um, I think we pretty much hit hit all the. Uh, we think we hit everything. I think we did too. So uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, 
Okay. This was our episode on Gutsmith Cats. Uh, we, of course, had our very special guest, Tiffany Grant, here with us. Thank you. And uh, this is your host, Ben. With TV's Mr. Neal. This is Tiffany Grant. And we're saying goodnight. Goodnight. Let's get down. Sweet home. Chicago. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Hey gang, Ben and I might have been a little starstruck in this episode. We completely forgot to mention Robert Mungle as the slimy ATF agent Bill Collins. Here's a scene from the anime featuring Mungle's performance. Boy, it's no wonder you're still single. No one asked you. You're not getting any younger, you know. Oh, shut up. Ugh. Hi. Hmm? Huh. Don't worry, I'm not dangerous. William Collins, ATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, Special Investigations. Hey, Minnie, it's Agent 00711. We keep our books legal. Oh, no, don't worry, that's not what I'm here for. Then why? Hmm, can we speak frankly here? I'd like your help on a little sting operation. What did you say? What say we talk this over in the back room? Hmm? So, let me get this straight. Jonathan Washington doesn't smuggle drugs. He's a gun runner? Uh, right. Uh, you see, the reason he skipped out was so that he could find a buyer to sell enough guns to post his own bail. But of course I caught him before he could do that. Well, why not let him escape again? <laughs> I'm afraid it's not that easy. Which brings me to why I'm here. You want us to do business with him so you can find out where the guns are. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, I can't pay you for your services, but I think... Hey! I'm sorry, but I don't think we have much to discuss then. The exit is over here. Oh, bummer. I really didn't want to resort to an investigation. Just what are you saying? All these firearms, you must have a Class Three license, right? Huh? You don't have one? <sighs> and you, May Hopkins... Hmm? 
Illegal explosives, violation of dangerous material handling laws. <gasps> right. Lay down your terms, you government worm. If everything works out, you can get your license and a healthy deduction off the taxes you'll owe on each gun. Hmm. Well, I'm in no hurry. Toss it around and uh, let me know. Thanks for the coffee. Uh, oh yeah. You ought to get this lock checked. Au revoir. Uh, uh.